It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, what's going on, everyone? We are getting ready for the Sharks to take on the Avs game one of the final three home games of the year. We've got a great chat to get to, though, as we are now joined by Connor McGahee, the radio play-by-play voice of the Colorado Avalanche. Connor, I know that you can relate to me on this. I get to this time of the year... And I start doing the, the Colorado, and my brain's like, okay, Ted, which sport is this? Like, Avalanche. And I reference <laughs> Vancouver. I'm like, which sport is it? Like, right, hockey. We're going to talk about the Canucks, not the Whitecaps. And uh, now i got to throw Seattle into that mix, too, man. Um, but that's that's the fun of April in this time of the year. I know that was probably something that uh, a few years back you could relate to with the uh, dual sport responsibilities. Maybe not as much now, but I'm like, okay, here are these little broadcaster things that someone else out there will understand. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, I, I was talking with somebody the other day about my fall, you know, working the uh, PA at the Broncos games and how we make that work. <laughs> but you and I have joked about that in the past. Like you, you just, as long as you get up in the morning and say, okay, this is a hockey day today, or this is a, a soccer day today, then your brain usually does the rest. <laughs> yeah, we hope, we hope that's, we, uh, hope. we need that to work as broadcasters, but um, well, let's, Let's talk about where this abs team is right now, because I, I look and I see them with 96 points and I see a big time goal differential. And I think to myself, if this team had been healthy, I mean that, and, and maybe that is just what everybody does. We all do the ifs and buts game, but considering the injuries, the abs have endured this year, it is pretty hard not to wonder. Oh yeah. I mean, it, with with a win tonight, in any fashion, the Avalanche can clinch. They'd be the um, third Central Division team to do so. Dallas and Minnesota both doing that last night. Uh, 98 points in 77 games played. If the Avs get to 98 tonight, it would be in 76 games played. Uh, and so they'd still control their own destiny to win the division, which is, um, in the words of Donald Sutherland in Animal House, a distinct possibility. Um, <laughs> but you're right. If you have... Um, we'll just go through the, we'll start at the top, Gabe Landeskog for any part of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, Josh Manson for the second half of the season. Um, Kale McCarr, um, has not played uh, a full season. Bo Byram has not played a full season. Um, but you, you've got two, um, two superstars who have, uh, for the most part, I mean, Miko Rantanen, this is, uh, he's played in every game. This is 76 for him tonight. Nathan McKinnon um, is three points away from 100, and this is only game 65 for him tonight. Um, so you have ridiculous production out of those two. But if, if you think of the other names th that we've talked about, Arturi Lekkinen, very instrumental in helping the Avalanche win the Cup last year, and obviously the captain. Um, you, you have defensemen of all varieties uh, with – Eric Johnson missing some time with a broken ankle. I mean, there hasn't been one 
time since really the fall that the Avalanche, yeah, I mean, with Landis Cog out the whole season, there hasn't been one game where they played with with a full lineup. And uh, and still they haven't played with their six top defensemen since November 4th when they played the Columbus Blue Jackets in Finland. Um, so there's a whole lot of what could have been, what would have been. But again, the fact that this team is um, in a spot where they can – win a division even with all those injuries uh, is a testament to the system to the group uh to the players to the to the coaching staff and the fact that Jared Bednar still to this day has not gotten a nod for the Jack Adams is a massive frankly disappointment and mystery to me how about that challenge the other night oh yeah i was talking with uh former sharks video coach Brett Heimlich about this very thing nice. and that comes uh from the back room and from from him and those two work well together they're they're pretty uh their success rate on challenges is pretty high um I, i've i've uh resigned myself to the fact that i still don't know what goaltender interference is in the national Dude, hockey yeah i mean we could talk about a number of calls <laughs> in a number of sports I, I know less each passing year what is a catch in the nfl you know no that clue no clue yeah <laughs> Yeah, but it, you know it's uh, it's one of those things where at least those two seem to have an idea, and uh, and they they got the the overhead view on the the cross check from Ryan Suter who knocked Logan O'Connor into Georgiev, and uh, that was sort of goaltender interference uh, remotely almost, but but it still was and prevented Georgiev from making the save and. And that saved the hockey game for for Jared Bednar and uh, Brett Heimlich and company. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was about as uh, big of a challenge as we've had all season. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was huge, and that makes me. I mean, I, I feel like Bednar doesn't maybe get enough credit, and maybe that's kind of just because he seems like such a ch like. It's weird. He has a big personality, but it's not like some of the other coaches we can think about in the NHL or just all around professional sports because it's he's very. And this isn't a negative, but he's very respectful. And so it seems like the fact that he doesn't interject himself into the conversation in all things at all parts of the game might hurt how he is perceived across the league and the country. Yeah, I, I agree. And he's not a me first type guy, which is why I think he's won at every level that he has coached. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were talking about uh, Logan O'Connor playing in his 200th career NHL game tonight, won a Clark Cup, won an NCAA National Championship with Denver in a Stanley Cup. Um, and that led into the conversation of the fact that the second that Jared Bednar won a Stanley Cup, he should go directly into the Hall of Fame because he'd won a Kelly Cup, Calder Cup, and then a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Uh, all, all three professional trophies when it comes to hockey in North America. And no other coach has done that before. But he won't He won't tell you that. He, he leaves that to us fools to do that. Um, and he doesn't really care. I mean, he enjoys it so much and he wants to win. Uh, and he just, he, he enjoys the relationships that he has with his team and, and building on it every single day. And I think the humility is one of the biggest keys to his success to make him one of the most successful coaches in modern day NHL history. And he's the winningest coach in franchise history as he took that over from Michel Bergeron of the Quebec Nordiques earlier this season. It's pretty impressive to watch what he's been able to do. And I guess that leads me to my next question. If given the success in spite of the injuries, I mean, what, what does this team define as success then this year? Is it, is it a 
you know, a deep run? Is it simply making it in spite of all the injuries? Is it, you know, is the only success defending the cup? I mean, these, these are the things that I start getting into when I think about, you know, how you define success as a team, because, you know, Bednar would tell you, well, you know, there's no excuse. We still have players on the roster. I'm sure you would be very pragmatic, but at the same time, you've have, you've got to be able to pull back and say like, well, wait a minute, you take all these things into consideration but this is where I get confused. Like, how do you currently define success? Or maybe you just, you won't know it until you get to the end of the road, wherever that might be. Yeah, I think that it's, it's a complicated answer. And, and there's there's many facets to it. But I, I know that organizationally, if you go back to the very beginning, um, when Pierre Lacroix built the very first Avalanche roster, and, and that construction actually happened during the season of that 95-96 season. The team that began that year was very different from the one that ended that year and ended mm-hmm. up winning the Stanley Cup. Um, the, the, the Cup is always the goal. And I think that anything less is always a disappointment, no matter what the circumstances are, especially, well, I put it this way, it's taken on kind of a new feeling ever since two playoffs ago when the Avalanche won the President's Trophy and lost in the second round of the Vegas Golden Knights. And they didn't have really any injuries. The year before that, in the bubble, they lost to Dallas. They didn't have seven starters. And they still took the Stars to to seven games in overtime. And ended up losing on a very random Yoakiviranta hat trick. Um, They didn't have either of their top goaltenders. It was Michael Hutchinson in the net. So when you got to that point, you said, okay, it's it, it's disappointing that we didn't make it to the the Western final. We probably should have been there, but obviously there's a reason that we didn't. The next year versus Vegas, there was no reason except for their failure, frankly. They, the, the players said that that was on us. We did not perform to the level that we should have, and they remedied that the following year and got warrior-like performances, guys playing on broken ankles. You you had needles and nails sticking out of Nazem Kadri's thumb, Mm -hmm. you know, as he came back to to play in the Stanley Cup final. But for the most part, everybody played, and they sort of willed themselves to a championship because of the prior year's failure. Now, no matter what happens in this year's playoffs – they could look back and say, well, yeah, we didn't have a consistent group the whole year. But they know the formula now. Once you win, in this year's group is definitely different than last year's group. Jared Bednar in his weekly radio show this morning said just as much. He said you can't compare one team to the next because they are different. But you can apply those principles to any team, and you hope that they are successful and that they lead you to the top. And I think that that is always the goal. The goals start small and they end big. You know, goal number one, catch the team that's in front of you in the standings. Mm-hmm. Goal number two, make the playoffs. Goal number three, win the division. Then go on and win the conference. Um, but you know that you have to do all the little ones to get to the big one. But I think anything short of defending a, a cup championship would be a disappointment. Okay, so let's, I guess this is devil's advocate. L- what is wrong with a team that at the most critical junction of the season has gone eight, two and zero in their last 10 and is arguably playing their best hockey of the year. I mean, are we to say, well, okay, it's not as good as it could have been maybe with the, with the roster and the injuries. However, what's wrong with a team that in March and April at the most critical junction of the team, I'll ask you again, that's gone eight and two like that to me, 
And I'm not trying to be, you know, overdo the bit, but it's like, hey, that's exactly what you want to see heading into the playoffs. A absolutely. And but people, it's easy to focus on the fact that you don't have a lot of your big stars in there. Um, but you do have players doing things that haven't been done in 20 years. Miko Rantanen could get the 50 goals yeah. uh, tonight. That's a distinct possibility. No one's done that since Milan Hayduk in the 03 season. And only Joe Sackick did it before him. He did it twice in 01 in 1996. Um, and, and so obviously that type of production is there. You have six different players who have career highs and goals, for example, this year um, on the roster. Uh, Arturi Lekkonen being one of them. He's got career highs, goals, assists, points, power play goals, you name it. I mean, he won't be in the lineup, but that's that's kind of what we're talking about, is that everybody has found a way to make it happen. And again, like Bednar said, you can't compare this year's team to last year's team, because last year's team was one of the best teams that we've seen in the modern National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 almost impossible to compare that to anybody, except maybe this year's Boston Bruins. Um, but um, but I just think that their production, again, they know the time that it counts. We were down in the dumps in January 15th, put it this way. The Avalanche were 14 points behind the division-leading Winnipeg Jets on January 15th. And now you look on April 4th, Colorado has a chance to be tied with Dallas and Minnesota for first place in the division. And, and Winnipeg is struggling to be a wildcard team with 89 points. Mm -hmm. So they've gotten to this place where they just, they just know when and how now. And when, and again, it was said a long time ago, you need to learn how to lose before you, can learn how to win, and Colorado has done that. The only tough part is, even though they go eight and two in their last ten, uh, Minnesota six two and two in their last ten. If you want to expand it out to the entire West, Edmonton nine zero oh, and one in their last ten. They're red hot. Uh, the LA Kings have been virtually unbeatable since the trade deadline. So, um, as good as Colorado has been, everybody else ha has been as good, and in some cases better. But I think it it speaks to the championship pedigree of a team that uh, doesn't have all the pieces together to really still be there and, and take advantage of their situation and be in the hunt, uh, even without a full deck. Yeah, I always go back to the other teams are playing their best hockey as well, but not every team is the defending champion. And I know that that might be seen as a hyperbolic statement, but I, you know, <laughs> I look back to last year and Tampa, to me, you know, they weren't as good as they were previously, but it took everything Colorado had to knock them off the top of the mountain. And I'm not saying that to knock uh, Colorado at all. I'm saying it took everything because it's so hard to dethrone the champion. And that, I mean, it's just like, once you've done it, as you alluded to earlier, it's imprinted on your DNA. You know how to get it done. And I mean, it's why it's, you know, taken from boxing. You have to knock out the champ. You're not just going to, you're not going to win on points. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to, you're going to have to take them down. Yep, without a doubt. And I think that that's what's made this season a little bit more difficult is you've gotten, you get the best from everybody, you know, and whether that's goaltenders, we always make the joke that for whatever reason this year, you know, you look at Colorado's home record. I mean, it's 21, 13 and five, but again, you compare it to last year, they were virtually unbeatable on home ice. Most yeah. of those 13 wins were basically due to Vesna like performances from 
a lot of goaltenders, even ones that you haven't heard very much of. And so you just you get Arizona's best, even though they're out of it. You get Chicago's best, even though they're out of it. I mean, that was the game that the Avalanche lost in the middle of January that pretty much put them down in the dumps was a 3-2 loss in Chicago to the Blackhawks, who right now are leading the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. <laughs> um, so, uh, again, you be, because you won the Cup, you're going to have that target on you, and you have to be prepared um, to be the chased instead of the chaser that they were – say back in 2019 in the series where they played here and lost in seven to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, and even, you know, to an extent, the, the following year in the bubble in 2020, the expectations were starting to get there. Then they finally came to fruition in that President's Cup trophy year. And again, that disappointment led to another triumph. But they realized that it's a different game that you have to play when you're the one being chased instead of the one doing the chasing. Yes. And that takes a lot, a lot of time to adjust to that. And I think that that's been part of what this season has been all about for the ads. In terms of going up against the sharks in two straight games. Now sharks won three in a row. They are looking and I think reveling in that spoiler role. And you can ask Las, uh, the Vegas golden Knights about that. Is, is there any concern entering the game? I, mean, I will note since the since the playoffs in 2019, Vegas has seemingly been a, a good matchup. Or excuse me, uh, the Avs have been a, 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 or the Sharks have been a good matchup for the Avs. I'll put it that way. Well, yeah. I, I mean, look. I mean, uh, I will say this: that Jared Bednar said, "Look, every team in the NHL is a good hockey team, but in, in the last 14 games, the Avs are 12 and two. Yeah, versus the Sharks." Um, They've won the last four versus San Jose, uh, outscoring them 21-7. But again, that team in 2019, we were, we were at morning's gate this morning, and we were looking around the building. We said, boy, there have been some unbelievably good teams that have played here. Mm -hmm. And every every team has their, their seasons of success that transition into seasons of rebuilding. And frankly, the – the Sharks teams of last year and this year are way different than that 2019 team that was so darn good that beat Colorado in seven. Um, and so to answer your question, yeah, um, it, it, every game is tough. I mean, I know that there's going to be some fans that look at this three-game win streak and say, wait, our odds for Connor Bedard went from 25.5% to 9.5% um, for a team that's never had the first overall selection. Uh, in the draft but I mean two of those wins over Winnipeg uh, fighting for their playoff lives over Vegas that's mm -hmm. a rivalry game you put up seven goals three power play goals uh, on the Arizona Coyotes who were a tough out especially on home ice so there's a there are a lot of bright spots obviously for for San Jose Carlson can change a game on his own and uh, uh, uh he himself has been one of the major stories in the NHL this season. I mean, there's constant threats like Logan Couture, three points shy of, of 700, and he loves yeah. to score against the Avalanche. So, I mean, there, <laughs> there, there are – and Joe Pavelski did too, and he, he, he took that theme with him to Dallas. Right. Uh, I think his points per game, Joe Pavelski, are higher than – than almost every any other team in the National Hockey League. And I feel like Logan Couture is in that same category. But <laughs> but yeah, no, that beware of the spoilers at all times. And I think that uh talked about that target on the back earlier. I think it's extra large uh when you're playing teams like San Jose and and Anaheim uh and Nashville, all teams out of the playoffs 
uh, down the stretch here as we uh, get to the end of April. Well, Connor, always a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you at the tank tonight. Enjoy your afternoon and have a great call this evening, all right? Thanks, Ted. Appreciate you. Again, that was Connor McGahee joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. We are out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.